0: All right, good to see you again. Do me a favor, welcome the first-time guests that we have today. Will you put your hands together for them as well? Oh, I'm just so glad to have you here, and um, if it is your first time, I'll just bring you up to speed on this portion of our service. Um, We typically do our sermons or our messages inside of a series, and so this series, as you saw in the video prior, it's uh, called Dream House. And we have been looking, I've been encouraging and really equipping you through the love languages on how to create not what culturally is a dream house, but spiritually and according to the word of God, what a dream house could look like. And so I have a, I have a, I stole a slide that I thought is pretty funny. I think we could bring it up. And these are the five love languages for coffee lovers, and I wanted to, Just highlight a couple of these. So words of affirmation, your coffee is delicious. Acts of service, I made you coffee. Come on, somebody. That is your love language. Receiving gifts, here's your coffee. All right. Quality time, come on, somebody. You quality times your talk, right? Let's go out for coffee. Physical touch, whoa, let me hold you like a coffee. All right, well, that'll that'll be... (laughs) <laughs> Things not to say, that could also be in that category. But listen, the dream house, our heart behind this series is, um, we're, we're all getting cues from the culture around us, aren't we? We're all getting, um, we all have our cultural cues, not only culturally, but maybe family cues, family of origin cues somebody has taught us or given us a vision for our future. Sometimes we wake up one morning and realize we're living a life that we didn't know we were living, like our future was handed to us maybe by grandparents or great-grandparents or parents, and we're like, what is, what is going on? And my heart and hope behind this series is really to equip you biblically and to paint a picture, to give you a vision that a dream house is possible. But a dream house that culture proposes, it's all about that square footage, somebody. It's all, about, it's all about the aesthetic value. And what I've found is that people, if we're not careful, we can focus so much on the cultural cues we're getting, on the aesthetic value, on the next big home, and the next big job, the next big assignment. All those things can add purpose to our life. But I would propose to you that a dream house, we've redefined it in this series, it's an environment where every person present knows how to receive and give love appropriately. I believe Jesus would call it, hey, love others well. Love others well. And I think you know what' I'm, I'm saying when I say that. you know what it's like to have been perhaps in a big home and emotionally and relationally, it was cold. And it may have had everything our hearts could ever desire, yet our hearts were empty. I've had people share, and he certainly goes into it even in the love languages book. Gary Chapman will share and And he'll say, man, sometimes there are people who grew up with everything, anything they ever needed, they got. But emotionally, they grew up empty. The parents were present, but not present. And my hope and my prayer is that through this series, we could just equip you. And this is simple. It's going to be simple, simple, simple to understand. Much of the Bible, if you will, is pretty simple to understand. The difficulty that comes is in living it out day to day. And so today, today we continue with these five love languages. Before we get there, I want to share kind of our verse that we have orbited. If we're going to use that term, we've just kind of been circling this phrase out of John chapter 13. And this is a message not only for this series, it's a message that can give vision for our entire life. John 13, verse 34 and 35. Jesus says, a new command I give you. Love one another. Love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my Disciples, if you love one another. That really could take up an entire year or decade or 25 years of our life. John Wesley, I was sharing with somebody earlier uh, before the service. John Wesley, you know, who helped found the United Methodist Church and the movement. He said for Christians and followers of Christ... The whole process, not of just getting saved, but being transformed in Christ's likeness, he said, is when we respond and we live from a place of perfect love. Perfect love. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life. And so here's what's funny. James 1 comes along and he talks about uh, trials and temptations and obstacles along the way. How many of you know sometimes relationships in our life? We'd never tell somebody, certainly don't nudge anybody near you, but there are trials relationally in our life that help refine us. God puts obstacles, maybe a work environment, maybe an extended family or family in your life, and what they're doing, you may not realize it, but they're beginning to refine our hearts into what's called perfect love. And Jesus says, this is, this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like. It looks like loving others well, And so we've been going after it with these five love languages. Let me share them. Let me bring us all up onto the same page, just all very, very simple for us to understand. We got that first one we looked at was quality time. Quality time. This isn't just being in the house, this is listening. This is paying attention. This is focusing. It's unselfish love. For some of you, you're wired with quality time. For many of you, this is a step of faith. And. It's not your natural wiring, but it's something you can learn to give your spouse, to give your kids quality time. Second is words of affirmation. I've not met a person on the planet yet that in their love languages little quiz that they do that it wasn't somewhere at the top. Words of affirmation are words of courage, words of encouragement, words of hope. We're a culture, as a church, we want to be a church that speaks life into people words of affirmation is to bring that into your marriage it's to bring that into your closest friendships it's to talk to your children like here's an example the report card comes you may be oriented or wired to only see the bad grades words of affirmation says i see that but i'm gonna magnify the good grades somebody i'm gonna i'm gonna make it sometimes you gotta do it by faith sometimes you're looking at that kid's report card and uh, you have to just say by faith, you know, C's get degrees, baby. That's, I don't know. That may, be a, that may be a word for you. I don't know. But that's, that's words of affirmation. Acts of service or acts of kindness. We talked about that. Did a, Graham, Graham did it. My dad did a wonderful job last week unpacking that and explaining that. Some people receive receiving Acts of service and giving acts of service, that man, nothing makes them happier than dusting. Nothing makes them happier than taking a paper towel and wiping off the dish in the microwave, somebody. I mean, that just fills their love tank. Making the bed, mowing the yard. That's somebody's just like, that's great. For the rest of us, we just like, we just got to get it done. But for some people, it's a part of their wiring. It it fills them up with love. The other two receiving gifts we're going to hit today, and then next week we'll hit physical touch. But let me talk for a quick second. Love languages, they accomplish three things. If you take the test, 5lovelanguages.com, you can take the test. It's free. It just makes you aware. And that's really the first thing that love languages do. Awareness is key. Awareness is key. We can bring up those slides if we can. Love languages accomplish three things for us. First is it makes us aware of how those closest to us receive love. That's the biggest part of love languages. It makes you aware of maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your children, maybe it's your, your work environment, your extended family. Because here's one of the things You do by nature. You may use the word, I love you. I love you. I love you. And they're hearing, I love you. I love you. I love you. But if their primary language is not words of affirmation, they need more than just to hear, I love you. They need the unselfish acts and the kindness that comes from behind that so love languages just makes us aware i shared this in the first message this book came to me my first year of marriage not out of the blue i sought it out i needed help i needed help i i i let me say it plainly i needed help i i was used to having all the answers somebody still am but that's beside the point i was used to having all the answers. I was... Things would come quite naturally to me, quite quickly to me, and all of a sudden, in my marriage, I, I didn't have all the answers. And my explanations, my wife was not buying them. I would try to tell her, well, I, I, I told you I love you. She's like, that, that's great, but why, not, why don't you come sit on the couch and let's watch a movie together? I said... Okay, and then, and then I thought just being on the property quantified for quality time. And I'd be like, man, we just spent all day together. What, what, what did we do? Well, I mowed the lawn, I painted the deck, took the dog for a walk, I ran some errands, but we had lunch together. I mean, that's just quality time. Wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. And I had to learn, but can I tell you, I'm I'm having fun with it, but can I tell you? Many marriages grow cold. Many families have everything before them. Everything's going great. But the relational quotient isn't there. I believe God's asking you and me to be his witness to the world around us. That we wouldn't just be coasting or getting by. But we'd be loving people well. And it takes great levels of intentionality. And the first thing it accomplishes for us, first thing, it just makes us aware. It makes us aware like maybe for some of us for the first time, oh, that's how my child receives love. It's not how I receive love, but that's how my child receives. That's how my spouse receives. All these years, I had no idea. And boop, light bulb. Love languages can really help in that way. So they make us aware of how those closest to us receive us. Second thing, you'll, you'll be excited about this. They make you aware how you receive love. How you receive love. Sometimes we just want to paint everybody in the same picture, but you are uniquely created by God, made in His image, but you're not like everybody else. You knew you were a special case. We're here to confirm, you a special case. <laughs> And these love languages begin to to unfold within us. Ah, that's how I receive love. Most people are aware of what they need, but sometimes those closest to them aren't. The third is they invite us to communicate love. Here's key. Listen to this. They invite us to communicate love, not in your, but in their primary love language. So it's, it's approaching the day, it's approaching the relationship, not with my needs in mind, but with their needs in mind wait did you No, nobody. did you hear that you didn't like it I get it but here's the thing it's approaching the relationships the friendships the work environment not with my needs in mind but their needs in mind that can solve all the world's problems in a day if we see others first that is Christ's likeness. That is the early church witness in a nutshell. I'm going to love others ahead of myself. Christ is calling me to serve, to care. And so what I f- sometimes find funny is Christians or Christ followers could do a great job in the church, but then they go home. And that ain't even on the table. It's all about me. Serve me. Make it for me. Do it for me. It's like, no, 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 no. Take, take th- 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 this in there. Take what you hear here over here. Begin to see yourself in a new way. Begin to understand what Christ and the Lord is calling us to. It makes us aware of how to communicate love in their primary love language what God is inviting us to do. Friday, I did, a, I, I did something bold. Took my eldest daughter, she's 10, shopping. And I survived. And um, I had an epiphany. It was one-on-one with our eldest. We have two daughters. One's 10, one's five. A 10-year-old. We're On the way, we're just driving there. She just enjoys some good old-fashioned quality time. She just asked me question upon question upon question. She asked questions like she thought I would know the answer to. So I answered and faked it and answered and answered, but we are just having a great time. And then we went into the first store, and I'm, I'm holding a shirt or two for her, and I could just see her like she was just buzzing. And she's just coming alive, and just having a great, great, you know, and, and uh, we, we worked the budget, you know, and she snuck in a few things like, Every good child does. and, <laughs> and she, was just, she was just on cloud nine. And I, I realized something in that moment. If you don't know me, shopping does nothing for me. <laughs> Amazon.com is the greatest thing the planet has ever known. All the men said amen, brother. That's all. I mean. But <laughs> it's not my love tank. It wasn't what I was thinking, but what I, what I realized is yeah, that, that's what relationships call for. They call for us. Now, you can't perpetually. You do have to take care of yourself. You do have to breathe deeply, make sure your life and your emotions and your cups are filled. But can I tell you, unselfish acts make a large difference. What they do is they invest their deposits in relationships. I know men. I know men that are too busy to ever take their child shopping. <laughs> I don't blame you. But I know, I know people who are just too busy. They got too much on the table. And their main goal is to achieve maybe career success, financial success, but it comes at the cost of relational success. I had a pastor say it one time. It's stepped all over my toes, so it's his fault, not my fault. I'm going to say it. What good is it for us to gain the whole world and lose our family? What good is it for us to gain the whole world and lose our closest friendships or closest relationships. Over time, it takes investment. It doesn't come. It doesn't come with a great cost initially, but it can ultimately if we don't turn up and turn in and lean in to some of this. And so love languages, I've shared this though before. Let me just highlight it. Boom, boom, boom. Love languages require three things from us. One, it's a bold move, but it's the walk of Christ. It requires some unselfishness on our side. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Can we bring that up? It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Four followers of Jesus. This is not good advice. It's not good ideas. It's the call of God over our life. It's the invitation from heaven. Many times we approach scripture like it's got some good advice. If you're here, you don't know God, but you're just interested or somebody drug you here, can I tell you, begin to read this book. It's got a lot of good advice. But something will begin to happen that you'll realize it's more than just good advice. It reveals Jesus, who is the way the truth, and the lie. This book leads us to the person of Jesus, and Jesus calls us to Philippians 2, 3. Jesus calls us to Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself change your life. It'll change your manager. It'll change your kids. It'll change your workplace. Man, you start showing up with your boss. You you find out some love languages, you ain't allowed to give your boss somebody. We'll talk about that next week. Amen. Praise Jesus. That's next Sunday. Some love languages, man, just a little step. I'll let you know this. There's a sixth love language. We found it as we learned and studied the human race. Food, I believe, is a love language. We're not going to preach on it. But you show up to your workplace, kaboom, cupcakes, y'all. You're welcome. What do you do? Just. But can I tell you, it's just little investments. I'm having fun there. But second, unselfish, second, Christ-likeness. Philippians 2.5, for Paul, he kept it simple. He said, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That's two verses later. Zach Williams is a pretty big song right now. I'm glad you love it. My spirit man loves it. My flesh man doesn't. (laughs) It's a little more like Jesus. God, help me to be like Jesus, a little bit more like Jesus. Come on, that is the cry of your spouse. They may have never told you, Lord Jesus, help my spouse to be more like you. It's the prayer of your kids. and Your kids may not even be at an age to pray, but they're praying, Lord Jesus, make my dad a little more like you. Make mom a little more like you. Your boss is praying it. (laughs) If you're the boss, you're praying it over your employees. I'm telling you. Sometimes it's so simple, but it requires our intentionality. And that's that's the third thing that the love languages do. They require from us unselfishness. They require from us at least an orientation to Christ-likeness. But they also require consistent intentionality consistent intentionality we are in a culture of the quick fix somebody we're in the culture of the quick fix jesus invites us to have a long obedience in the same direction choosing christ every day choosing love every day choosing surrender Every day. And it is required for our healthy relationships. It's required. And I'm telling you, over time you begin to to create a dream house. To create this dream house. If if, if you had asked me in year one what my accomplishment for year 15 of our marriage would be, I I may not have an answer I could paint a picture. But it is the best. It's ever been. And it's the greatest relationship in my life. That's me being interviewed, not Kelly. You can get with her. But it's had its ups and downs. Because I'm a little thick-headed at times, be a little stubborn. But can I tell you? Beautiful thing is both of us remember covenant me Way, both of us realize, man, we're gonna put seed in every day. Invest every day. Invest every day, intentional, intentional, intentional. And here's what's so, it's, it's not just in the marriage relationship, it's in every relationship. Tony Robbins, all right, he says this quote, he's a bit of a hyped up speaker, a bit of an inspirational speaker, but he calls it as clear as day. It's not what we do once in a while that shapes our lives. It's what we do consistently. It's what we do consistently. Consistently choosing love. Consistently choosing love. This week's love language is very simple. Receiving gifts. Receiving gifts. You may, after taking the five love languages test, again, it's free. It'll make you aware. It's tremendously helpful. You may realize, for some of you, after 50 years, you may realize, ah, that's their love languages. Receiving gifts. Very, very important piece to the puzzle. You may be like me, receiving gifts gets 3%. That was my profile. I'm not gonna share my entire profile right now, but receiving gifts, I'm like, I love gifts. I love, love gifts. But it's not my primary love language. But for my children, you think I'm the best dad in the world. When I give my daughter $3, and I take her to Dollar Tree, somebody. It speaks volumes to her life. It's a gesture that she could say, my, my, my dad loves me. My friends love me. Like, I'm loved. That's, that's part of her wiring. If you think about it, I know we've got some weddings coming up here at the church. We've, we've seen some people get, getting married. Listen, if you think about it, your ring, for those of you married right now, your ring is a symbol. That's a token. It's a token of receiving gifts. It's a visual of love. Sometimes, when marriages reach a tough spot, what's one of the first things to happen? No visual reminder. Don't do that. Keep your rings on. Keep your eyes fixed. But receiving gifts, receiving gifts—they're—they're uh, they're far more than just the item at play. They're an investment into the person being made. This took some learning for me. Um, Gary Chapman in the book, he talks. He frames it. I love how he frames it. He calls it spending orientation. He says that some of us in our relationships, in our friendships, in our life, we have a spending orientation. Two ways to understand that. We've got a spender and a saver. When it comes to receiving gifts, how many of you know? The spender, no problem giving some gifts, somebody. The saver, they have all the mental games of how this is not appropriate. It costs what? You got it where? Here's what I want to encourage you. If you're familiar with the saving category, if you're a little more oriented that way, See this love languages or see this love language as an investment. As an investment. Even in our ministry here at the church, sometimes people use the term cost. What does that cost us? I learned from my pastor as well. And it's not what it costs us. That's one way to see it. Sure. We work with an 80-10-10 split in our budget. Right. All good. However, it's not just what it costs us. It's what is the investment? And what is that return on investment? Are we investing in the kingdom? Because if you're not careful, even as a church, even as a ministry, you can just, if you're not careful, you just become about receiving, receiving, receiving. And then sometimes people get in the mind, well, what does that cost us? Wow, you're doing what? We're doing what? What And it's careful to understand it's not a cost. That's one way of understanding. But a more appropriate way of understanding is what is the investment? What is the investment? Sometimes it's a good way to think about relationships. Relationships. Some of you, God's calling you. The Holy Spirit's inviting you. Maybe He's moved beyond inviting you. And He's demanding from you. Invest in this relationship. Parents, maybe there's a child, and it, you got three kids. You want to do it all equal, and God's like, no, right now you need to highlight so-and-so. Invest in that relationship. Why is God doing that? Because if you don't invest in the relationship, there's a high cost later on down the road. A high cost later down the road. You know, what's so funny is in the culture we live at, when it comes to relationships, perhaps you've heard this phrase. Perhaps this phrase was told to you. Hey, grass is greener on the other side, baby. (laughs) Maybe in some of the circles you run with, maybe in some of the environments or workplaces you run with. Every voice in your life, quit, quit, quit. Grass is greener on the other side. Lies, lies, lies. Grass is greener where you water it. Boom. Grass is greener where you water it. God, why these kids? Sorry, two weeks of fall break just came out. One phrase. (sighs) About to have a night of worship right now. Got it out of my system. God, why? (laughs) I think I'm joking. All right, go. Go. I've heard, I know there's those, we all in that boat, we all have those moments. But what if Psalm 139 is true? You were in your mother's womb. I was forming you. I ordained you. You're not an accident. I brought you into the home that you're positioned in. Some of you may be remarried. I remarried you. Some of you, the temptation could be. I'm not saying, again, it's never you. It's the people in other churches. All right, so what, if, what I'm about to say, but sometimes when people are remarried, sometimes the kids, you thinking, what is happening? Or what if Psalm 139 is true? And I had, them, I had you in mind when I knew the course that their life would take. And so we don't just think of the cost. We begin to see it as an investment. We begin to understand, man, God has given me all I need for this family, for this relationship. You begin, I tell you, I know we've had some fun and and have made little prods uh, to try and ease some of the burden that this message can carry. But let me say this, the work environment, the work environment, the enemy whispers to your soul, you have no chance of changing the culture you work in. That's what the enemy whispers. You have no chance. You might as well shut up, get your eyes ahead, get the paperwork done, work the clients, make the sales. You have no chance. And God says, Show some love, show some kindness, show them my working within you. Let's see what doors that can open. Let's see what doors. I mean, really, we begin. It's more than just love languages. It's more than just a relationship series. It's a, man, we can't. I'm just crazy, crazy enough to believe that a person who loves well carries the flame of Christ's love to the next generation and to the next generation and to the next generation. And I'm just crazy enough to believe that as followers of Christ, that when we begin to cultivate a family, to cultivate a home of intentionality, it may be a slow burn. Come on. Some of you, you're like, man, I practice quality time. I thought everything would change the next day. No, it's a process. That's how the kingdom of God works, is it's a seed that is planted. That seed has to die then new life is cracked open and it begins to grow and grow and grow. It's the same with the call of God on our life. It's to not take those around us for granted, but to lay down our lives daily, love them intentionally, care for them intentionally. I've been in cultures, not here, but I've been in cultures In times past where spirituality was defined by your spiritual gifts or how loud you could be in a service or how you could pray or how many people you told Jesus is king to during the week and all these works and all this striving and all this exhaustion and they forgot to encourage us to love those right in front of us. And so we cultivated a climate where everybody else was getting the love and families are drying up, breaking up and exhausted. Kids don't want anything to do with the church because pff, it was all about. Blah, 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 blah. Didn't realize, whoa, the enemy has us distracted. So God's calling us. I believe this. The Holy Spirit is inviting us. His word over your life is it's not too late. I found 15 years ago these five love languages, as I, f- I found, they equipped me to love. Others, well, didn't help, or excuse me, it did help that Gary Chapman is a pastor and has been at the same church for over 40 years. I won't name the denomination, but if I did, you'd be like, glory to God, that is a move of heaven. He stayed for 40 years. All right, so I say that to say remarkable faithfulness, remarkable steadfast. And that's my prayer. It may sound simple like receiving gifts. No, 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 no. But why do I say that? I say that to equip you to take that and to love others.